you are likely familiar with a saying, he is a tired act, or that's a tired act. I wonder if the phrase came from Malachi, the prophet sent during tremendous decline. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. John Calvin wrote that the prophet Malachi reproved the people, quote, for the purpose of showing that they had such a brazen front and so hard a neck that they boldly repelled all reproofs. We see at this day in the world the same sottishness. For though the crimes reproved are sufficiently known, yet they, even the most wicked, immediately object and say that wrong is done to them, and they will not acknowledge a fault except they be a hundred times convicted. And even then they will make some pretense. End of that quote from John Calvin. Malachi spoke to the people in his own day. The book spoke to people in Calvin's day, and it continues to speak to us in our own day. Hear now from the Word of God in Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then, if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, How have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, How have we defiled you? In that you say, The table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? says the Lord of hosts. But now, will you not entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. From the rising of the sun, even to its setting, My name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense is going to be offered to my name, and a grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it, and that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. You also say, My, how tiresome it is, and you disdainfully sniff at it says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery, and what is lame or sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler, who is a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is feared among the nations. 
A heading that I would write over this entire passage is a tired act. The text opens with a statement of obvious truth. It's undeniable and inescapable that the people are obligated to honor and respect Jehovah. And the rebuke of this book is addressed to the priests, but also by extension to the people. All were unwilling to admit what Malachi proclaims is true. And they kept saying again and again, how? How have we done this or that? In verses 7 and 8, as well as 12 and 13, the priest and people engage in a tired act of worship. In verses 9, 10, and 13, God rejects this tired act. He says, Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates. God pronounces a curse, doom on this tired act. Cursed be the swindler. How does one, a person, a nation, a church, become a tired act like this? Well, from our text we see it happens when we are presuming on God's favor. Believing worship is an indication of God's need of us or of man and not our need of God. When we think that just showing up fulfills our call to worship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The people of Malachi's day were guilty. The people of Calvin's day were guilty. We, in our day, are guilty. Yet, despite all this, our good and gracious Lord promises a future glorious act. Jehovah declares the universality of his reign and call to worship. Call to worship him rightly, in spirit and in truth. He announces that his name will be hallowed, not just in Jerusalem, but among all nations and in every place. He promises in the future pure worship will take place. Ultimately, the Lord is proclaiming his imminent disclosure of himself to the nations as maker, king, and redeemer, a disclosure that is in Jesus Christ. This promise was for Malachi's day, Calvin's day, and our own. Beyond that, it is a promise with eschatological significance. Get your eyes up, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself Take up your cross and follow him.